I still love you so much, baby. I love you with all my heart, and I'm not giving up, and I'm going to find you. So just hold on. Hope is the word that this family is choosing to hold on to as they continue to search for answers about the disappearance of Keisha Jacobs. Keisha loved to give hugs. And I used to tell people all the time, she can make you feel so special and so loved because she hugged you so much. And now her mother is opening up about new details into the investigation that she feels have been ignored by police. This man right here, his name is Otis Lee Tucker. He was the last person seen and knows my daughter's whereabouts or what happened to my daughter. And when I asked him, he was like, yeah, I saw Quiche on Monday at this time at five. Then it went to another time and then it went to another. I was like, hold on, something ain't right. Now, two years ago, Tony, after Quiche went missing, police finally said there was foul play in her case. Why did it take them so long to believe that? It came out like on the anniversary, two years after her disappearance, after a reporter brought it up to me and I pretty much showed him I said ask the police chief and then that's how it came out. Tucker is a person of interest in Quiche Jacobs disappearance. She was last seen at a home he was living in in Churchill. However, Tucker has never been charged, but investigators have collected evidence. Crime insider sources believe it's enough evidence to present at a trial even without Quiche's body. Now with the news, the person of interest in her daughter, Quiche's missing person case, Otis Tucker, is making headlines with a second degree murder charge. As far as just the trauma and pain and dealing with this, it's, it's literally been unbearable. She was such a good person. She didn't deserve it. And then it happened in the most gruesome way. Otis Tucker pleaded guilty to second-degree murder of 34-year-old Ashley Fowler. Investigators say last November she was beaten with a hammer and strangled with an electronic cord. The Commonwealth had the opportunity to prevent this from happening. And to me, they have blood on their hands now. Tony Jacobs says she saw it coming. It doesn't surprise me. I saw the video of him beating a man in jail. When I saw that and the way he continuously stumped this man, but he got off for that too. I mean, it's almost like, do you know somebody that's helping you get off of these charges or what? Do you think she's still out there? In my heart, I feel like she is. Now the assistant state attorney says they're seeking capital punishment. Tony Jacobs tells me she's been in touch with that victim's mother. He should have never been able to leave Richmond. What, Virginia, period to go to another state. He shouldn't have been able to. And the mother said the way they understand it, she was like, he wasn't even monitored there. She was like, I just want you to have closure too. So I'm okay if he don't get the death penalty for doing this to my daughter, if he gives you information about Keisha. She said, because you deserve it. Your fight has been long and six years is a long time. I gotta keep fighting until I get some information. Something, something gotta give. Kishé Jacobs was born on August 6, 1995, and is described as loving, caring, and fearless. They told me it was a girl, and I really wanted a boy because, you know, I had that impression that girls was going to give you a lot of hell. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I was scared. But once I came to terms, I was having a girl. She's going to be unique. It's just, I don't know, it just, that's what popped into my head for her. She's my unique baby.
She lived with her mother, Tony, and her older brother, Devon, in a Westover neighborhood of Richmond, Virginia. Growing up, the family of three were extremely close. To make ends meet, Tony worked a range of customer service jobs. She did everything she could for her children. She would make sure they did not miss out on anything. For the kids' birthdays, she would take them to King's Dominion Amusement Park. The family would also make regular trips to the beach and visit relatives. Quiche adored her family. She shared a strong bond with her mother and often confessed to her about personal matters. Quiche is my baby. As much as she wanted to act like she was grown, she still acted like a baby. Um, I only had two kids, but she you would have thought she was the oldest because she always act like she she ran stuff. But she was a very sweet and loving person. Like, Quiche loved to give hugs. And I used to tell people all the time, she can make you feel so special and so loved because she hugged you so much. And I used to have to tell her, hey, can I put some of those on layaway for later? Because you overwhelmed me with the love for today. Yeah, she, she was the homebody. She was very family-oriented, liked to be around family a lot, and treasured when we had spent time together. She was used to be my little sidekick most of the time. You took her everywhere with you? If my friends were cooking, Kiche was going because she was greedy and she liked to eat. So, yeah, yeah, so... She liked to go places with me. She liked being around me and my friends, so yeah. Quiche also cherished her relationship with her brother. Despite their age difference, she and Devon were as close as a pair of siblings could get. When Devon graduated from high school, he chose to stay in Richmond with his mother and sister. He would often look out for his little sister and watch over his mother as a male in the household was incarcerated for a short period of time and she was excited that he was home so that was her main focus like her best friend her brother was home and her main priority was making sure he stayed out of trouble when quiche started high school herself her bubbly personality made her a popular student despite her popularity quiche was not a fan of partying or late nights out while she occasionally took part if invited she preferred to socialize differently. She signed up for her school's cheerleading squad and made the team. Her mother worked as her coach. I didn't have to worry about her going out to the clubs or anything like that. Um, Quiche was the type of person that she would be happy in a pair of basketball shorts and a tennis shoes and a t-shirt. After graduating high school, Quiche also remained at her mother's house while she figured out her next steps. She had a boyfriend, a tiny group of friends, but she filled her time working various jobs. The future looked bright for young Quiche, but no one knew the horrible circumstances that awaited the family in the future. Quiche, Devon, and Tony were so happy together that it was so hard to believe that everything would shatter in a span of a few years. It was Monday, September 26, 2016, when 21-year-old Quiche was getting ready to go out for the night with a friend. She did seem a little troubled as she headed out. She had argued with her boyfriend prior. The day Quiche went missing, um, I pretty much talked to her every day anyway, all day long. So this particular day, I had school. So I know I was running late. So if I'm running late for school, I'll call her and be like, 
Kiki, I need you to bring my books out to the car. She was like, okay, mom, just call me when you get up close. And I called her, and she brought her books up, brought my books to me. She was like, mom, you going to eat? I was like, no, I'm not going to eat. Um, I'll get some later. She was like, okay, give me the books. We did a little chit-chat like we normally do. And I was like, I'll talk to you when I get out of school, and I love you. And then she was like, okay, mom. And I went to school. Um, I came home. She had had an argument with um, her boyfriend and the guy she was dating at the time. And she was really upset. Um, me and her brother talked to her and was trying to calm her down, trying to figure out what was going on. But never really said too much of anything. Um, then she left out and said she was going over her friend's house. And I was like, okay. And then she was like, I love you, Ma. I was like, I love you too. And then I had called her like 11 something, or texted her something like 11 something, um, I love you. And she was like, okay, Ma, I love you too. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll be home tomorrow. I was like, okay. That night, Kishay and her friend were dropped off by Kishay's best guy friend. Tony got a text message from her daughter around 11 p.m. that night saying she had made it safely. That was the last day Tony would ever hear from her daughter again. The next day came by my lunch break, I hadn't heard anything from her. So at that point, I'm like, hmm, Kishay must have went out or something. I will, you know, she'll call me later on because usually I've heard from her by my lunch break or she didn't text me or something. Right. But I didn't hear anything. So. I called her brother and I was like, hey, Mon, did you talk to your sister? He was like, no, Ma. You know, they probably went out and hung out or something. So I was like, okay. By the time I got off work at five, I hadn't heard anything. So at this point, I'm like, this is not like cliche. And then I was calling her phone off and on during the day and it was going to voicemail. I was like, you know, nothing. Message her, nothing. Text her phone, nothing. And then I stopped calling her friends and I was like, they were, I was like, no, I ain't seen her, I ain't heard from her. I called her brother, I was like, Devon, you heard from me? Sister, you know, she still ain't home. He came home, he was like, no, ma, I ain't heard nothing yet. I was like, this is not on. He was like, Kishay just being a brat. The next day, Kishay did not come home like she planned, and Tony's texts and voicemails to her daughter went unanswered, something her mother said was unusual for the 21-year-old. Tony reached out to Richmond police, but officers had told her there wasn't much she could do since her daughter was an adult. At that time, police thought she might have gone off on her own. I was like, no, this is not like her for me to go all day and not hear from her. Right. So at that point, I'm sitting on the sofa and I'm calling her friends and calling her phone and it's still going to voicemail, still going to voicemail. And I was like, my nerves was like tore up because I'm not used to not talking to her. Even when we're mad, we talk to each other. She didn't text me or something, but nothing. So I was like, this is not like her. Um... I went to go to bed because I had to work the next day, and I just couldn't sleep. So I woke. I got up out the bed like maybe one or two o'clock in the morning. I started riding around, knocking on people's doors, calling her friends again. You sure you ain't heard nothing? Everybody said the same thing. I ain't heard nothing. I'll call around to see if so and so talked to her. I'll see if so and so talked to her, but nobody seemed to talk to her. And I'm knocking on people's doors like two o'clock in the morning. Hey, y'all seen Keisha? No, ma'am, we ain't seen her, Miss Tony. So I was like, okay. I called my sister. Both my sisters, one live here in Richmond and the other one lives in Vegas. And I was like, look, Keisha, I ain't heard from her phone's going to voice me. And he was like, Tony, go to the police. So I went to the police. Um, 
first question I got asked was, how do you know she's missing? Because she's 21 years old, because I'm used to talking to her every day. This is something we did. We talked all day, every day, for nothing. I mean, I had to be like, look, don't call me no more. <laughs> but they told me that, and they took her information, told me somebody would get back in contact with me. I think it was like maybe, maybe almost more than 24 hours later because I had called the number at the police station and I was like hey somebody's supposed to get in contact with me and nobody has and they was like well the detective will get in contact with you soon blah 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 and finally the detective got in contact with me and the rest is history we still I still don't know where Kishé is. However, Kishé's mother was very concerned because she felt something was off about her daughter's friend. Since the police didn't help, Tony started her own investigation independently and immediately. I wasn't sure exactly what friend she was going on because I, I tried not to pry because she was 21. Um, so I just was like, just let me know you made us there safe. That's all I did, you know. Did she give you a friend's name? Uh-uh. She never told me who she was going with. I found out later that um, she was dropped off by one of her best friends. And where was she dropped off at? Um, over there for Broad Street, right about a block or two from Shimarasa Pop. At her house, at a brick house over there. So was her friend familiar with who lived at the brick house? He was not familiar with it. Um, he said that um, only reason why he took her over there was because of the fact that he saw that one of her other friends was going to be over there. Okay. And he said that he walked her to the corner and she called the friend and the friend never answered. And then she called the person that lived there and that person opened the door. And he saw her walk in the house and that was the last time he saw her. It was only a short time after she found out the names of the key individuals Kishé was with that night. Kishé's male friend, Demarcus, drove her to the house that night, and Dijanae was the girl who invited her over. Tony had her daughter Kishé's friend take her to the two-story brick row house where her daughter had been dropped off that Monday night. When she arrived to the home, a man who identified himself as Otis gave Tony conflicting stories about what time he had seen Kishé that night and claimed to know nothing about her disappearance. He told me that he had saw Kishé that Monday um, about five o'clock, but it didn't add up because I was like, no, Kishé was at home at 5 o'clock on Monday. So right off the bat, he's lying to you. Right. The strange thing is, when I went to that, because I had her friends take me to that home, and when I questioned him, and he was, I was like, do you know Kishé? He was like, yeah, I know Kishé. I know Kishé always come over here with, and then he named that female friend that I don't care about. What do you think's going on here? Why was she going to that house? Because she was with that best friend, the one that I didn't care for. And I found out later that that best friend had romantic interests with this man. Then he changed the time to 6 and then 6.30, 7 o'clock. And I was like, no. Her brother was like, no. And I called the police right then and there. Tony immediately called the police, who did a walkthrough of the home, but there was no sign of her daughter, so they left called the police. The police said supposedly I searched the premises and said they didn't see her or no sign of her. 
um, but it still wasn't sitting right with me because the person was telling me they had saw her or she was at his ho at the house around 5 o'clock. No, you wasn't because my daughter, I had talked to my daughter at 5. By 5.15, she was handing me my her, my books for me, for me to go to school, so it wasn't adding up, so the time just kept changing. But nobody has seen, nobody has heard from her. I still call her phone. I still text her phone. I have the alert on her phone that if anything, it comes on or anything, It'll come up. It says your so and so man a distance from you because the phone is still on. And I, I refuse to turn it off. Tony, her family, and friends started plastering flyers throughout the Churchill neighborhood, handing them to every person they saw, asking if they seen Quiche. What makes this case even more disturbing? While Tony was investigating, a woman reached out and alleged that Otis had beaten her, refused her to leave, and forced her to commit wild acts while in his presence. She basically told me that he beat her and refused to let her leave and did sexual things to her. Yeah, he beat her bad. And when you heard that, you think that's what happened to my daughter? I broke down because he probably did the same thing to her. You know, that then that's when it kicks in your worst nightmare. That was my worst nightmare hearing that. It's already, I'm already dealing with my daughter being missing and this is not her, but the fact that the last person to see her has done this to somebody else. It kind of broke me down. This incident happened the same night Quiche was there, and he was convicted of the crime. CBS 6 News Crime Insider went further into detail about that incident. He is also convicted of a crime in that house of strangulation of a woman and also bodily harm. He was accused of but that charge was dropped due to a plea deal. If you can, tell me about There was another person this guy was arrested for and ended up serving time for. Yes, there was an incident that uh, that was found out during the investigation of this case. And the person of interest is, a, I would probably say he is a predator. So is this the bed that she was alleged to be tied to? The woman in that case actually talked to one of our producers via Facebook Messenger. Here's what she said. But this is what's crazy. After he attacked me, we fist fought until he got me locked down into a position that I couldn't stop him from strangling me. And when I woke up, I was tied up. But about 30 minutes later, Quiche showed up, but he sent her away. She also said to our producer, the only way I even got away was because I let him drug me with Rimron, a psych medicine, but I have a tolerance, so it took two hours. He untied me after drugging me. I got up, got dressed like it was nothing, and he let me leave. Quiche had never mentioned that man, but something in her gut said Otis seemed to know her daughter. Unfortunately, many questions about Otis went unanswered because initially her disappearance wasn't taken seriously. Over the years, Richmond police have stayed quiet on this case, other than publicly announcing in 2017 that they believe Quiche had been a victim of foul play. Police acknowledged that something had happened to Quiche inside that house. 
Eventually, Otis was questioned by Richmond police about her disappearance, but never charged in connection. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome. I'm Tracy Walker with RPD. We'd just like to welcome you and thank you for gathering here today. We're um, very uh, uh, happy and pleased to, to have family members with us today and uh, to, to bring attention to this important, um, important issue. So without um, ado, would like to introduce you to our Chief of Police, Gerald Smith. Today I stand here with the family members of missing persons whose cases still remain open dating back to 2008, 2011, 2016. Uh, but before I continue, I'm going to come off my notes real quick and thank the media for being here. Uh, whenever we have these media briefings on our missing loved ones, it is good to see as many of you show up today you have the power to get the word out far and wide and I thank you for your commitment and I thank you also for the families who are here today for actually being here with that commitment thank you I can't fathom the family's unimaginable grief my heart RPD's heart grieves with you keeping these cases active and in the public's eye is a personal is personally important to me but also to the family friends of the missings they have not been forgotten by law enforcement. They have not been forgotten by our community. And we stand with you because we know they have not been forgotten by you. While there are many questions that remain, we still stand strong with these families and with you, the greater Richmond community with great hope. We will never forget. We will never stop working. We will continue to strive until they come home. By working together, we will continue to foster hope for the loved ones, and we will not give up that search. That's why we are coming here today, the community, and asking for your help. This month's annual date of disappearance gathering, gathering is held not only, in remember, in, uh, not only to remember those from the Richmond community that have gone missing and to recognize their annual date of disappearance, but to raise the profile and awareness of their cases. You, the community, play an important role in solving each and every case. There is no information that insignificant, and we will continue to turn over every lead that we come across. I am thankful for Detective Key and our officers who have followed every clue on their path to reuniting Benjamin, Robert, and Kishay with their families. Today we remember those missing and we will continue to raise awareness and engage our community until we find them. My call to action to you is to share our social media posts and to share this information with our social media partners that we provide to you. Share or retreat our posts from, from at richmondpolice.com. Even if you are not personally connected to one of the missing, every share, every retreat, retweet brings us closer to reaching someone who may know something. I would like to introduce you to Detective Key, a major, uh, or, sorry, uh, assigned to missing persons cases from our Youth and Families uh, Crime Unit. I'd like to say good afternoon. I'm Detective Clarence Key with the Youth Family Crimes Unit. 
currently assigned to work missing persons. First of all, I want to thank Chief Smith and Ms. Walker from Media Relations for the opening remarks. And of course, I would like to thank you all, the media, for being here today. This is so very, very important that we get this information back out into the public's eye and with hopes of gaining leads and that we can follow up on. Because the ultimate goal here is to solve these cases and to bring closure and to bring closure to the families. So last but not least, I'd like to thank the families for being here today. I know some were short notice and some local and some had to travel a great distance. So we appreciate you taking time out to come in. All right, our last profile will be Ms. Kishay Jacobs. Ms. Kishay Jacobs, 21-year-old black female, was reported missing in 2016-928. Last contact that Ms. Jacobs had with family members was her mother, Ms. Tony Jacobs, and that was on 926. Ms. Jacob advised her mother that she would see her the next day, that she was visiting some friends in the 3100 block of East Broad Street in the city's Churchill area, which is known as Shimbaraza area. 27th came, the 26th was a Monday, the 27th was a Tuesday. She never heard from her daughter Kishé, nor any other family members or friends. Um, it was highly out of character to just leave and not say anything to family members, not to, not to contact them at all through social media or anything. So that was highly out of her character. So a very lengthy investigation ensued involving Quiche. Um, numerous, numerous of individuals were spoken with, interviewed. And of course, as you all may know, um, there were a uh, main person of interest in this case. No charges have ever been filed against this person of interest involved in this case. And I heard some, some reports that he is currently locked up, incarcerated, but not on any charges pertaining to Ms. Kishay. It is so very, very, as I mentioned earlier, so very, very important that we keep these members of our community in the forefront. And like we said earlier, and the chief said, we know if someone knows anything, anything, please don't hesitate and, um, you know, to come forward and to share that information. I'm sorry. We got you, Tony. We got you. I just want to plea, if anybody has any information, I don't care how small it is. Kishé has a mother. She lost her brother, but she still has family that loves her so much. So much. This is so hard being at her anniversary was yesterday. The last time I was ever able to touch or talk to my daughter. So I'm pleading and I'm begging with the public to please help. 
Help me, help my daughter, help all these families that has missing loved ones. They have people love them. And I don't care how small this information could be, anything, anything. I know somebody's seen something. I know somebody knows something. And I just want help to bring Quiche home or find some kind of information. Please, please help me. Help my daughter. That's all. I'm not sure what else should be said after that. Thank you all for the help that you've um, provided for them today. Um, don't look at it as a job today. Look at it as your ability to actually relieve pain and suffering and being able to get the word out so that we may be able to close these cases and bring these loved ones home. Thank you. Just months after she disappeared, her brother was shot to death at a Motel 6 in Richmond after a struggle. Was he was missing in September. He got murdered January the 8th, which was anniversary was Monday. Wow. So how do you stay as strong as you do? I don't see myself as a strong person. I just see myself as a mother. Right. I know. Um, doing what I have to do because they always depended on me. Right. So I have to do this to make sure they're okay. God could do anything, you know. Without him, I can't get up in the morning. Right. So it is. That's the only thing I have to hold on to because they usually take care of me. Right. And I take care of them. Through everything, we always had each other. Now I'm by myself, but. God has me. He had watching over my baby. Although the person claimed self-defense, he was convicted and is serving time behind bars. Von Jacobs was killed at the Southside Motel 6 in Richmond. James Henshaw was hooked for his murder, reduced to voluntary manslaughter. Months ago, he went on trial and a jury recommended 15 years. Right before the formal sentencing, um, he hired a new lawyer which was so disrespectful. That man is the worst. So a new trial was in the works. The assistant Commonwealth attorney handling Devon's case resigned, and Commonwealth's attorney Mike Herring took it on. Jacob says Herring asked her if a plea deal was okay. They told me they was going to offer him a plea. They didn't think he was going to take it, but they, had, they was going to put it on the table. Um, asked me how I felt about it, and... Um, I thought about it and I got, I was like, no, I want you to fight. Henshaw did accept the deal, sentenced to 10 years with five suspended and credit for time served. In all, he will serve about three and a half more years behind bars. At the end of the day, I don't, I didn't fail him. The system failed him. Nearly six years later, without either of her children at home, Tony is still desperate for answers about what happened to Quiche. It wasn't until CBS 6 got a call from the friend her daughter went out with that night in 2022. Dijanae was serving time in Richmond jail on an attempted murder charge when she agreed to speak about Quiche. She claimed that she was acquaintances with Otis and he cared for her grandmother. Dijanae also shared that she felt Otis was a predator, but her grandmother wouldn't let him go. Dijanae is the great granddaughter of the woman who lived in the house. How are you? She felt guilty when she saw the promo, so she decided to reach out. I'm John Burkett. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. Yep. She met Otis through work. Uh, there was a time that Otis lived on Maury Street. They'd get together, hang out. Quiche was part of that group that would hang out with them. Uh, but eventually, it got to a point where they needed to move. That's when she suggested Great Grandma's place in Churchill. I would say not even a week went past, and I, I called the police and tried to get him removed from my Great Grandma's house. Um, they basically was like, um, he's basically a resident. They, they they couldn't remove him from the house. And I'm like, well, he hasn't been here 30 days. Um, he only paid $30 and I'm willing to give him his $30 back because I don't feel safe with him in, in the house. When you hear the detective call him a predator, what do you think about that? I would say that's 100% correct. And it's crazy because like, you, you really don't know people until you know they show you your true colors. Like, and he definitely showed his true colors that night. Otis was basically brought there by DeJanae to look after the grandmother. But for whatever reason, she said her great-grandma kept sticking up for Otis, so she decided it was time for her to go. And although he went to jail for abusing another woman in that same home as Quiche, Otis' prior sentencing didn't stop him from his alleged behavior. After being released, he went off to Florida, but by 2022, he was back in jail for murder. Ashley was a mother of three boys who loved to joke around. She was described as loving, kind, and resilient. Ashley was considered one of a kind. She was funny. She cared about everybody. She was my older sister, so anytime I fell short, she always would open her home up to me or do do whatever she could for me. Like, that, that's the type of person she was. We love you, Ashley, and you're making it so much stronger. She was genuinely focused on building for herself and for her children. According to Ashley's family, she did not know Otis, but on November 1st, 2022, their lives tragically changed because of him. That day, Ashley was walking home and was captured while going through a shortcut close to where he lived. According to court documents, Otis shared an apartment with a roommate at Arbon Glen in Florida. His roommate found the door and the home complex chained shut. When Tucker eventually let her in, she noticed he and the apartment were covered in blood. The document said that the woman attempted to call 911, but Tucker took her phone and forced her out of the apartment before leaving out of the back door. Officers were, however, already on the way. After residents told them, they heard loud banging and screaming from his unit. Thank you, Joe. A woman was found dead in a Southside apartment overnight. JSO says is looking for a man last seen dressed in all black. And I understand you spoke with witnesses who said they heard screaming just a few minutes before law enforcement arrived. Yeah, Kent, they're very concerned by this. The investigation focused on this building behind me, but those neighbors I spoke to said one of their neighbors told them they saw a man in all black walking behind the buildings here around 8 o'clock last night. Now, JSO says they believe this was an isolated incident, but those neighbors wondered, was it? What if that man had come to their unit? Probably around like 8.45-ish. We heard like two screams that were like right back to back. We weren't quite sure if it was like, Oh, children experiencing joy scream or like something terrible has happened scream. And y'all didn't hear like a gunshot or anything? No bangs. No gunshot. No, just like I said, that one scream. One scream and then that was it. And these walls are pretty thin. We usually hear everything. So this morning, investigators were seen carrying items from the apartment complex, a laundry basket, a paper sack and a chair. 
According to JSO, witnesses saw a man dressed in all black leaving through the back of the apartment soon after the commotion. Officers and canines looked for him but couldn't find him. That was this morning that we found that out and I was just like, oh no, where did they were in our backyard. I mean, yeah, what, what's your reaction when, when you hear that? That here's not obviously safe and that, you know, it's, eh, it's, Jacksonville just keeps getting worse. Eventually, Otis was caught and pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and took a plea deal. The entire case put her family through so much torture, but after a short trial, at the end of September 2023, Otis was sentenced to life in prison for Ashley's murder. As far as just the trauma and pain and dealing with this, it's, it's literally been unbearable. She was such a good person. She didn't deserve it. And then it happened in the most gruesome way. Otis Tucker pleaded guilty to second-degree murder of 34-year-old Ashley Fowler. Investigators say last November she was beaten with a hammer and strangled with an electronic cord. Her brother Taylor said they used to live nearby and she'd walk through the area sometimes, but they don't know who Tucker is. Was there any sort of connection with your sister with him? Definitely no connection or relation to my sister at all. The family worked with attorneys so they knew a guilty plea was coming, but Taylor said it wasn't easy. We didn't want to make the wrong decision or letting up on somebody who's called us the worst pain in our life. Although he may spend the rest of his life behind bars, Kishay's family still wants answers. Many people believe Ashley and Kishay's case may be leaked. Police have not charged anyone in her disappearance. However, detectives have named this man, 35-year-old Otis Tucker, as a suspect. Last September, Kishay's mother, Tony Jacobs, held a picture of Tucker, saying he was the last person to see her daughter. Now, a year later, Tucker is facing life in prison in Florida. He's accused of strangling 23-year-old Ashley Fowler to death inside a Jacksonville apartment last November. Tony Jacobs says she was listening virtually during Tucker's sentence, questioning if this could have also happened to Kishay. I was like, oh my God, why did he do that to her? And then my thoughts went from that to, oh my God, what did he do to my daughter? She still believes if police had moved quicker, two mothers would still be with their daughters. Miss Fowler's daughter would have been alive. It's a possibility Kishay could have been home. I'm more determined than ever to keep this fight going. He has nothing to lose now. You know, you're in jail for life for murdering a woman. Just pray that he find the compassion in his heart, if he has any left, just to tell me, you know, give me some closure. As of today, police in Richmond said her case is not over. Officers from Richmond plan to go to Florida in the coming weeks to speak to Otis about Kishay's case. Until then, they ask that if you have any information about her disappearance, to call Richmond police or your local authorities. I will continue to pray for this family and I hope that Richmond police really look further into this investigation. I hope they go to Florida and speak with Otis so that they can get the answers that they need. You all, let me know about the similarities. What are your thoughts and your opinions about this case? I want you to continue to use your discernment, build it up, understand what it is, and knowing that sometimes you do have to judge in order for you to be safe in that situation. Let's please stay alert. Let's please stay aware. Please respect the victims and the families in the comments. I love you all dearly. And with that being said, please don't forget to check on your loved ones.